Previously, in our last episode, Amanda Iman from Amanda's Picture Show Agogo found out AmandaAgogo.com was here to talk about the film Isle of Dogs, but Nick meandered the conversation, took it over, and they went very twisty-turny ways. They start talking about all types of animation and more. Where will they go next? Find out in this exciting final chapter of the conversation. Isle of Dogs Part 2. Ready Player One Boogaloo or something crazy like that. But in all seriousness aside, I'm driving right now, so I don't have my full script but uh, to talk about. But just FYI, uh, audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. Get a uh, 14-day trial. Get a free audiobook. It's pretty rad. It's pretty great. Um, search for our good pal and friend, J. Keith Jackson, and uh, get some of his awesome books. You can also check out amandaagogo.com for Amanda's Picture Show Gogo. And, uh, and we'll be plugging that for the next few weeks just because I goof so badly on... Um, the Wrinkle in Time episode audio-wise. I still don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. But we make up for this again. It's a two-parter. Guys, we talked for almost two hours. It was such a fun conversation. And I, I hope you guys will agree. And, uh, I mean, we kind of talk about anything and everything, um, including uh, Mel Gibson. And we kind of lightly touch on the discussion of art and the art versus the artist and, and how that can play out. And uh, we hope that you uh, enjoy and you part- you, you enjoy uh, our conversation but uh, remember check out matlab.net for all our upcoming shows such as At the Speed of Jake which is done by OGP and of course Theater Roulette and I think by the time this goes out At the Speed of Jake should still be uh, in there should be playing but it's, there will be their final week so get on that and of course Theater Roulette but also it's all been done presents.com. I don't have my script, but here's some of the great programs you can get. Uh, you can get uh, Stark, Snorri, fuck, take a drink. Stark, Story, Snacks. You can also check out Marianne's Macabre Movie Review and much more, all by going to IEBDpresents.com. And uh, let me see what else. Oh, yeah, audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. And uh, if you do like this episode, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, click the little subscribe button. Um, if iTunes isn't your jam, that's okay. But iTunes is the thing that kind of tends to help us a little bit more um, get more visibility and get out there. So if you really enjoy the show, you know, uh, if you can, just hop onto iTunes. It takes nothing but hopefully five, not even five minutes. Subscribe, leave a, a, a review for the show, and uh, and we appreciate it. Um, if iTunes isn't your jam, though, I hey, though, I get it. Some people are just not fans of, of, of the fruit, and that's okay. Uh, if you go to gbgpodcast.com, there are tons of links on how you can subscribe, such as uh, RSS, um, Google, Android, uh, and a few other ones as well. So again, gbgpodcast.com. All right, enough of me blabbing. Here's part two of the wonderful conversation with Amanda Iman for Isle of Dogs. As a matter of fact, I really, as, it's, as I'm saying this, I really might call it Isles of Dogs part two, Ready Player One Boogaloo, uh, just because it's such a... It's such a fun conversation. I hope you guys uh, enjoy it as well. Enough of me rambling. Here it is. Roll it. not related to this there's a french movie about a fox that came out last year have you seen it i thought it was nominated 
No. Not not maybe as not in the main Oscar category. I thought it was nominated for something. But they're not a French. There's been a British animation that deals with a fox. Uh, the same animation group that does like the Gruffalo and stuff like that that had some foxes in it. I'm trying to think. Yeah, because there was like a little fox and a big fox, and it was all 2D. The fox in the no. Stupid Google ain't fucking working the <laughs> way I want it to, even though I don't have all the words I need. Oh, Big Bad Fox and Other Tales. No, I've not seen that. La Grande Merchant Renard. Okay, that is most definitely French. 2017. And I mean, the animation is really cool, but it's pretty much this, I think, this smaller fox finds a chicken, and instead of killing it, he wants to eat it. Instead of killing it to eat it, he actually kind of befriends it. And there's a bigger fox, and, and it's, there's oh, other okay. tales with it, too. But uh, I remember seeing a trailer for Forever Girl, and I was like, oh, that looks so cool. And then it, nothing. I didn't, I didn't see did it. Did it get a release in the U.S.? Uh, I thought it did. Okay. But it was, like, very low, like— Very limited. Yeah, like, not like—not even, like, Isle of Dogs limited, like— Yeah, because I was going to try to watch Isle of Dogs again today, since I watched it a couple days ago, but— it's only playing in three theaters in Columbus, and none of them are close to here. And the times were not going to work. Yeah, I and mean, I'm sorry. It's three little chicks, like freshly hatched eggs. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks almost like a cartoon. What a what a cartoon cartoon from Cartoon Network. But it's, yeah, but but it's all. But it's not like crappy Hanna Barbera animation. It's like, yeah, I. You can see the hand quality to it right and, but you can also see it's also like probably done on a Wacom tablet like digitally done but still in a 2D way mm-hmm. which because the 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 watercolors that are done like right here but also the lines are too crisp to be 2D almost because I feel like if they would if it was more 2D like officially hand drawn like on paper it would look like the old Disney cartoons where you can see the lines constantly moving mm. kind of thing which is fascinating I it bothered as a matter of fact I, I have sometimes problems watching those now it, oh really? Well, I'm too much. I'm too used to, which is sad. Well, you, well, even the classic uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, they got a little sloppy as Disney went on. Like in Jungle Book, you started to see shines of it, where oh, they're okay. they're using the, uh, the the Xerox machine. Fun fact: find out which animator does the head bob. The head bob? Mm-hmm. Every Disney movie back then, from one of the Nine Old Men, he one of his little quirks for animating is adding a head bob. You probably know it more from Shere Khan. Well, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, no. it's in a lot of a lot of Disney movies. I think it's Pogo. It's not Pogo. It's not. It's one of them. I know the King and Sleeping. Uh, sleep is, is it the King and Sleeping Beauty, or the Sword in the Stone? Does a very oh oh like yeah. A side it's to it's side like it's an animation bob? tell. Oh, interesting. Oh yeah, man. When you start seeing some of that shit, you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I think it's milk. I'll spoil it for you. It's milk call milk. K-A-H-L, call. That's why I call him. But Andrea Dejva, I'm not saying that right either, but he did animated Scar, Hercules, Lilo. He goes over some of that. And like, for example, Ward Kimball, he is nuts. He probably should have worked in Looney Tunes, <laughs> but he worked for Disney. And so, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yay, animation. This is what this has become at I'm this point. Just, I'm no, just you're so fine. happy that they still make Stop motion animation. Uh, oh yeah, movies. wait a minute. Call if I can find a GIF of it. Uh, head Bob. 
Oh, Tigger is another one that does it. When he does the T.I. does that. That's that milk call did that oh, one too. Oh, I double good. The milk call head swaggle is is what it's called. Uh, Baloo did it, and thus by default, Little John. Oh, okay. And I see the. I think they have gifts yeah, of Prince John. Totally does that in Robin Hood. Oh, and so does Little John. Yeah, Little John. That's technically Shere Khan with a with a mane and a goofier look. Yeah, but that's from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, right? Sword in the Stone. Yeah. Oh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Yeah, there's Shere Khan. That's oh. the one that's most known for. And then Tigger's probably the second, but. Yeah, they all have little tells like that, but that's the, probably the one that's most like, oh, that's a huge tell. Yeah. But Disney would start to make it easier on themselves. This is how they would get away with a lot of stuff, and they would be heralded as so much greater than, than Warner Brothers, technically, is that they would take some of their drawings, and they would just copy over it. And it saves them time, it saves them money, mm-hmm. and then they would, yeah. <laughs> well, and also, and now to, in their defense, too, with, like, Grant, Shere Khan and Tigger and the line from Ben Abrusik makes sense. Yeah. When you get to like the human characters that don't even have the same shape, it's more of a timing thing. I know I can do a head swaggle in this amount of time while they're speaking, and it, it to it, make him yeah. the move at least. And, and also, it look it's kind of good acting, in a way. The only problem is if you see enough of them, you're like it's the same actor behind everything, but in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, they don't really have that in stop motion per se that I'm aware of. I'm aware of because there's so many of them, and they're just making their. Imp- which I like about hand stop hand motion animation is every time you see them, it looks like the fur's just moving. And oh, dogs right. in particular. Yeah, like, the the because there's several times the fur is just like blowing in the wind, and you know that was it's just tiny one little person micro movements. I mm-hmm. just appreciate it so much. Oh yeah. Well, we have time if you want to. Do you want to talk Ready Player One? We can if you want let's, to. Let's talk Ready Player One. We'll we'll, we'll graze over it. Graze okay. over it if it's possible. I enjoyed the movie. I did too. I've seen I it, three it three times. times. I know earlier I was pointing that out. That would be my difference that I would do is if you're going to go full on tilt with a gun, you just you just go balls in. But again, that's not how Spielberg works. No. And I and know that too. I feel like it's Nolan Sorrento at that point. I didn't take it as him seeing like, oh, this kid's enjoying it. I saw him look at the glow of the egg and there was the part of him that enjoyed playing games long long ago that's like oh my god it happened well kind of yeah that's what i meant like it's just more like he remembered a simpler time where he wasn't worried about the money he wasn't worried about all this it was just the fun of it yeah but i did hear people literally in the theater last night when i saw it in dolby last night go what the hell yeah like when when he just lowers the gun I'm not going to lie. It's a little, you know, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's Spielberg. Matter of fact, it's it's. I would say that's the most classic Spielberg moment in all of it. Mm -hmm. Because old school Spielberg would be like, well, if no one has to die, no one's going to die. Unless they, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I Now, did you read the book, though? I have not read the book. I just ordered it. That's why I think I've enjoyed it. (laughs) Well, because, like, I said to you on uh, when I was on For a Wrinkle in Time, mm-hmm. I prefer to see the movies first and yeah. then read the book because you get a richer experience. And I also, because it's not up yet, but my episode, on, like for Amanda's Picture Show Go-Go yeah. on A Wrinkle in Time, when I went to see it again, I was able to drop some of the, oh, it's different from the book here. Mm-hmm. I still didn't 
love the movie. Like, I still had plenty of issues with that movie, but I didn't... There's just so many. There's just, There are. There are a lot. But I wasn't as angry about the changes from the book, because I get too in my head about it. And I hadn't read that book in 15 years. So... <laughs> there was a... The guy who... The, the sketch that I'm doing uh, uh, for Theater Roulette, The Counselors, I just checked out the guy's Twitter page. And he had a really good joke. He's like, uh, additional nightmare fuel. Going to see Wrinkled Time and realizing you are now afraid of a gigantically large spectral Oprah. And I was just like... <laughs> right, no, right. And I was like, that's a very... That's valid. That's terrifyingly valid. Like, yeah, yeah. we don't ever need to, to... We don't ever need to see, like, gigantic spectral Oprah. And then when you do, you're just like... And she's... And she's... Whoa, she's Oprah. Um, mm-hmm. And she does big Jesus arms. Uh, and with wears glitter, all with, oh, the, the, the glitter. glitter. Yes, um, there was an appropriate use of glitter in the live Jesus Christ Superstar. I've not. I heard that was. It okay, was really good. The, my favorite song from that whole thing is the song that Herod sings, and it's Alice Cooper. And I read it, and it's just him, kind of, kind of. He was the low point. Yeah, which is sad because I thought he did a job singing, but there's no energy behind it. Like, and I thought he was going to like dance around more or something, and he didn't. Isn't he like in his eighties though? Mm, at least 60s, if not older. Yeah. I thought he was like in his 70s. So, I so maybe at, 70s, and, and yeah. So that's why I was just like... Uh, it was stunt casting. It was incredible stunt casting. everyone else was fantastic. Everyone else was absolutely fantastic. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The, uh, I know John Legend, the Gethsemane. Like, it was pretty good, but our friend Chase can sing that song. He did Judas. And he did it for the cabaret thing. We did the... Well, he he also um, did better than Jesus did during his... um, Yeah. Why is that that Jesuses don't usually do that good? Because I heard... It's because the range changes so much from high to low. Then, you know what? Get the... Cast Judas, and then when your Jesus doesn't work out... Cast someone else's Judas and move Judas over to Jesus because I feel like that's the <laughs> that's what Jeremy wanted Chase to do and Chase was like, "There's no way in hell I'm ever gonna play Jesus." Why? He's a he, super atheist. So what? You can still hate God and not believe in God, and <laughs> you know. <laughs> I just know that Jeremy kept going like, "Chase, why didn't you play Jesus?" I'm sorry, it, Jeremy it, will still bring that look, up to me. I don't, I don't believe in fairies, but if you give me a chance, I'll, I would love to play one on TV. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. That's what you'll the, have to ask uh, Chase. I just, I know. He, he, but literally, his range, it was, his range was so much better than the guy. Because every once in a while, you hear like, "There's that note," and then the other times, you're like. There goes that note. Nope. Mm-mm. But no, my Herod part was my favorite part of that show, especially that yeah. performance. And none of you out there will ha- never know what we're talking about. It, like three it, people. Just just know that it looked like Dame Edna took, did the King Herod song, mm-hmm. and it was glorious. And then, then when I turned on, the first clip I watched of it was the King Herod song with Alice Cooper. And I was like, well, he's Alice Cooper, and he looks like a... a uh, David, oh, S. David Pump- S. Pumpkins. He, look, he looked like David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> and I was literally wearing him for it. just like, Jesus, what are you going to do? Blah, 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 blah. And then Tom Hanks would come. He's like, any questions? <laughs> and, and Tom then he, and then Hanks he, would have been an excellent Herod. He would have hammed it up. I've not heard him sing, though. And I, oh, I know he would have. But mm. I'm curious, like, what's his yeah, range? Yeah, what his vocal range is. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't think I Because I know the Jew-hating Mel Gibson has a decent range. Oh, fuck. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, the Jew hate the Jew. I'm so, oh, okay, I watched Pocahontas recently. I never, I watched it when I was, it came on VHS when I came out. I was like, I hate this movie. I cannot stand it. 
It's just like, I don't love it. And it's not mm -hmm. for historical. And I knew I was just like, I don't really like the music. And then this time I watched it, I was like, the music's not bad. And Mel Gibson can sing. Jew hating Mel Gibson can sing. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. David Olgan Steyer's passed away. And they said one of his favorite roles oh. was he played the bad guy in Pocahontas. And he goes, everyone knows me of Beauty and the Beast, but I prefer Pocahontas or because it, it more harkens to my, my opera work and musical work. Oh. And I was like, I'm fascinated. So I went back and watched it. I was like, yeah, you're right. The music is good. You're really good. You have a little bit of air for the theatrics in that one. And uh, the movie's not still not good though. <laughs> like, uh, sorry, I well, it's I feel like it's all about the sidekicks, and I felt like when I watched Mulan the first time, it was going the same direction. And I watched Mulan. I've watched Mulan many times since then, and I and I don't feel that way anymore. It's actually a very good movie. It just I again, you've heard me probably say this before. I didn't like SpongeBob. Run, 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 get off my lawn. I like my Disney animation. Get the fuck off my lawn. And that's what it was. And I felt like that was one of those. Look, stunt casting Eddie Murphy as the dragon. And even though they stunt casted Rob Williams, that didn't bother me. I just felt like the Eddie hey, Murphy thing was weird. Don't but worry. It, I it am was, of But it was good. I'm of the age that like people were getting high and watching SpongeBob and loving it. And I'm just not super into television animation. I prefer film animation. It's it it, it differs because technically the cartoons that were made back in the old days are now being done by television. In terms of not like like talking about Looney Tunes style stuff, yeah, and that's the sad part. And so you're getting a you are you can get good high quality stuff like uh, Fairly Odd Parents for the most part is actually pretty funny. And even SpongeBob, if you get through like the the stoner stuff and actually pay attention to what's going on, it's like yeah. well, first season of Ren and Stimpy. Well, well, not now, but yeah, first season Ren Stimpy was uh, is good, but then after that, you realize, oh, it's because John Kay is a pedophile and it's weird. Well, he's weird, but now you realize he's a pedophile, and he, yeah, he, by the oh, way, that was a rough read. That, well, that was a horrible read because I used to okay, because oh. you posted that, and I was like, I've got to read this, and I felt sick to my stomach, me and the whole time. It and it looks just as good. Matter of fact, I just watched those movies almost more for the animation. I've actually never seen those movies. The first one is actually annoyingly good, and the second one feels like Adam Sandler got his hands in, like officially involved in it. Oh, yep. And then, <laughs> uh, and then the third one, I hear it's a little bit of a back and forth between. I hear it's it, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Because so, Jenny Tardeski is. He, he was the main force behind the first one. Adam Sandler was just kind of in it. He produced mm -hmm. it. And then apparently the second one, I think Hollywood Reporter said there was a big battle. Like he almost, Tardeski almost walked off the movie oh. because Sandler was like, I want to do more of my thing. And it was a whole thing. And so I'm surprised he came back for a third for one. But I think it's Sony- It's called Money. Well, I think Sony canceled Popeye, um, the Sailor Man. And the demo reel for Popeye looked amazing. It looked the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and uh, And I think, I don't know. Maybe they held it over him or something. I don't know. And then also on top of that money. Yeah. Uh, well, they did finish Samurai Jack. And that was by Tardeski. And that's beautiful TV animation. Oh, Jeremy so, loves that show. I will throw out there. John K. thinks that's the worst animation ever done. And I'm like, he thinks the Iron Giant is some of the worst animation ever done. And I'm like, you're nuts. There is that type of our animation. And then there's animation that tries to look like life drawings and that's a, or have a unique style in itself but it doesn't have to be what you're doing it, it can be it can be anything like yeah he doesn't yeah. believe in that and that's and but he would do posts all the time we're like i'm here with katie and whatever and he would draw oh. he would draw her and she would draw him but it was in in 
oh, and I would go, they're dating. They have to be dating. But and they were. Well, no, it was the other girl that was dating. Katie. Oh, they know, Katie that was, was the, the second one. Yeah. No, right? Right. And you, you just vomit in your mouth a little bit as you. I, yeah. I'm now take a drink of water. <laughs> no, no, I know. It's, it's, it's got awful horrible. I, John Kay is just the worst human being ever. Um, and, and in some ways, this kind of validates like you are not a good person for many reasons. And now that just is more official about it. Yeah, like it just um, makes it all worse. But the first season of Ransompy is outside of the man behind it. The art is good. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like the Cosby Show debate. Like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just released an article on Variety or Hollywood Reporter. Like, how do you separate the man versus what, what good it's, he's done? I mean, and that is a, a bigger artistic question I'm it is. constantly asking myself. It's huge. Is if you can separate the art from the artist. Now, here's the interesting thing. He didn't mention the Cosby show. He mentioned I Spy. Because for him growing up back then, oh. he won, I, and I didn't know this, because I feel like I Spy is a footnote in history compared to the Cosby show, or Fat Albert, or his stand-up, is that I Spy, he was saying, won like three Emmys, and mm-hmm. he won them for Best Actor, which is huge because he's a black guy. He's the smarter between the two guys. Yeah. And he said, this creates such a huge thing. So by the time... He kind of mentions the Cosby show in passing. Like By the time the Cosby show came around, Bill Cosby was proof of what we could do. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, and then how do you separate that? The guy from I Spy versus, and I was like, interesting that you go with I Spy for, for you know what I mean? Cause, but, but, but that was that's from, his, from his reference, well, his right, personal the reference. The white people all go, the Cosby show. <laughs> Which is, no, that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, when he said I Spy, I was like, oh yeah, Robert Culp and him. I completely forgot about, again, to us white people, it's a footnote. Cosby shows where it's at, you know, but Jello commercials. Uh, oh, and the Jello for them pops, and just put it yeah. in the woman's. Oh, and, and the, there you go. the so comedy that was bit about I'm so the sorry. that was so sorry. Dad is great. He gives us chocolate cake. That's fucking gold. Yeah, I, I mean it's excellent comedy. But then when you think of what was going on behind Dad closed doors, great. putting stuff in girls' drink. I'm oh. giving you chocolate cake. <laughs> Sorry, that was very bad. That was that was almost bad than the Jello Pop one I just said. Uh, but no, I I think I mean that that is one of the the bigger artistic questions I'm constantly asking. I, anytime I cover a movie that has someone that is problematic in that way, I make sure I talk about it on my podcast because I feel like you can, if you don't talk about it, mm-hmm. you're sort of just like. Okay. Like, uh, just saying it's okay by omission. All right, so I have a question for you then on the same aspect. So Mel Gibson has been coming more out lately as an actor, as a director. He's doing more things in the public, yeah. and he's getting more work. I saw Daddy's Home too. He is, with John Lithgow, the best part of that movie. But What? Oh, yeah. I didn't see the first one. The first one's actually funny. The second one? In a bad movie way. I saw the trailer multiple times. Every time John Lithgow was on screen in the trailer, I was like, oh, I would watch a show or a movie with John Lithgow. As, and then Mel Gibson shows up. And, and then like, I was like, oh, mm, no. Nope. Well, so it's the same thing with Tom Cruise. At what point? Okay, now granted, Tom has, okay, Tom is in a more weird situation, which yeah. is he has a cult controlling him, more likely. But again, yeah. at some point, he succeeded control to that cult. Yes. But at some point, that's not entirely your fault anymore. At some point, they're telling you to do things and you go do it. Um, Grant, no one told him to jump on the couch, but uh, the stuff that he did with, you know, uh, I can't think of her name, Penelope Cruz, is it Penelope Cruz? Penelope. Penelope Cruz, um, where Maynard signed the act of David is like, you can't talk about any of the stuff that we did together. 
and they were only together for like what two years because um, it was during Vanilla Sky when that was it Penelope Cruz that he was dating then I thought it was a different woman it was but... the, it was the girl from it was the girl from Vanilla Sky okay because I, I remember it... that was her first huge splash in American cinema and then after that she's been in American cinema since then but yeah um, whoever that was I think it was her yeah she talked about yeah I, I can't. I signed a non uh, non disclosure, and I'm just like Jesus. And apparently, they all have, and that just and I'm like, and I know that's not necessarily him, but he allows it to happen, which means, and then also just some of the controlling again, part of his cult that he's in mm-hmm. made him do that to Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes is like, I don't give a fuck. Well, and, and she kind of talks about it. Which, I went yes, to high awesome. school with some of her cousins, so I was very happy when she yeah got I, free. Yeah, which is also weird. You know, who's she dating now? Uh, married to now? Is she married to someone else now? Doesn't matter. I'm no, not sure. Uh, for some reason, I confused her and Mila Kunis together. Mila Kunis oh, is, is married to Ashton Kutcher, who broke Demi Moore's heart. <laughs> Can we talk about that? That I okay. When Twitter was like blowing up, remember the big thing back in the day wasn't Trump. It was Ashton Kutcher versus Larry King for who can get a million Twitter twi- Twitter followers. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Oh yeah. The world was in better <laughs> shape. Let me. T- I think the. <laughs> Man, Obama, man, let me tell you, those were good days. Uh, but no, legitimately, like, and but him and Demi would tweet all the time together. Yeah. They would do all this stuff. And then one day they, she was tweeting or he was tweeting, but not together. And then you realize that uh, they got separated because he cheated on her. And I think it was with Mila. And I was just like, I think, I don't know. Oh, I thought it was somebody else, but, but still. You broke her, you broke 80 star Demi Moore's heart. <laughs> She had technically given up her career to be married to you, bro. And also people didn't want to hire her, but it's mostly, yeah. I remember yeah. she used to be in every movie and now she's really not anymore and it makes me sad. And also when she talks, I can't tell that it's her because I remember she had like a particular like weird voice to her. Not weird, but like, you know, distinctive voice I felt. And now like when she was on Conan recently, I was like, cannot tell that's you. Hmm. I, I don't know. Like if you watch, if you just listen to clips from Ghost or A Few Good Men, you can tell it's kind of her. Okay. Like even in striptease, you can tell it's her. And I don't know. Maybe just too much plastic surgery hit something there. Or I don't know. <laughs> that's that's mean. I don't know. What were you asking know. about Mel Gibson though? Oh, Mel Gibson. So after seeing the movie, I was like, I kind of want to see a spinoff of just those two because that movie beyond that is not good. It's not good at all. But which is sad because I actually enjoyed the first movie. I mean. Mm-hmm. It's it's popcorn entertainment. Yeah, it was it's funny. This is one I was expecting the same thing. But best part of the movie doesn't matter. It's in the trailer kind of too. Is someone turns the thermostat all the way up to like ninety? Oh, and so John Lithgow, who's the nicer dad, like Will Ferrell, uh, or no, Mel Gibson runs into John Lithgow's room, sweating. He's like, "Wake up, wake up." Someone turned the thermostat up. And it's like, who would do such a thing? Who? Everyone knows the rule. You don't turn the thermostat up. And then Will Ferrell comes in swaying like, what's going on? It's so hot in here. It's like, someone, one of your kids turned the thermostat up. Everyone knows that's law. You don't do that. Like, and it's really <laughs> funny. And then Marky Mark comes in and he's like, hey guys, what the hell's going on? Someone turned the thermostat up. And they see the kid who does it. And then Will Gibson is like, you need to get your kids and kick their ass and get them in gear. And you know, it's very just like, awesome and then the payoff to it is not that great but that whole little scene is just gold yeah and i was like if i could just see that forever just them doing whatever <laughs> i would be completely okay with it but then you go question and go but jew, well, ha- jew hating mill gibson though i i no, like i had a big issue that he got nominated for best director 
for Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is a good movie. My biggest issues with it were directing issues, though. Yeah. When you hate Jews, it's weird when they all nominate you to be in the... They're not all Jews anymore. That's an old Hollywood cliche. But That is a cliche. But uh, no, I... I think that sometimes Hollywood has too short of a memory, but I also think if that movie had come out a year later, he wouldn't have gotten nominated. Really? Because a year later was after Me Too. I don't know, because no one was attacked. Here's the thing. He was doing tons of press, too. I think he did a Colbert, and Colbert Colbert went after people. He went after fucking Ben Affleck and Damon, and before they did their pussyfooting around it. Mm -hmm. But he didn't go after Gibson, I mean, he he asked me, he's like, do you feel like you're in a better place now? But that's not, he Is softballed that him. because he's done so much, or other people have said like, oh, he's gone to therapy. Because I heard an interview with um, the guy in Hacksaw Ridge, Spider-Man. Oh, um, Andrew Garfield? Yeah, I heard an interview with Andrew Garfield. I think it was on the podcast Little Gold Men. And they kind of asked him about like what it was like to work with Mel Gibson. And he said this thing about how, oh, you you can tell the man's been to a lot of therapy and something about, like, I don't know how Mel used to be, but the Mel I worked with was this, this way. Man. Yeah, which it felt very much like PR had been like, this is how you answer okay. that question. <laughs> to me, watching old clips of him on YouTube versus watching clips of him now in interviews, late night, just late night interviews, like Conan, Colbert, Fallon, all of them. Mm-hmm. He looks unhinged now versus then. And then he, I felt like he, he... With his beard? Looks like my the, birth father. Not and even it with the beard. Freaks the he, fuck he out He seems of me. unhinged when he talks. Because he, he doesn't know... Kind of like me. He doesn't know when to stop talking. <laughs> he just keeps going. and But but he's Mel Gibson about it. And he's, and it's like... it's It feels like any moment he's going to say something Jew-hating. Or something that bad. Very offensive, but then he doesn't. He ducktails it back, and Kirk tells it anyway. He just—he's very anime. He's like, "Well, yeah, because I did this and blah blah blah, blah. and uh, you, you know, I, I had problems. I had problems." And but like, he feels just way too more animated. And the old one was just more like a like a Will Smith animated. Like before, Will Smith was Will Smith. He was yeah. like because he was technically the white male Smith, Will Smith of his day, not rapper wise, but acting wise, action movies, the comedy oh, guy. No, he was like the biggest. Actor for right. a while, and he was—he always did the comedy, especially action comedy, was his 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 mm-hmm. sugar, so to speak. And the dude, and you could see him on talk shows. He was way cool, way relaxed. He's Mel Gibson, and now he looks like unhinged Mel Gibson, and that's in itself is its own kind of terrifying. Like he he acts right now like Riggs was in the first movie. Crazy, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, it's Nick bizarre. just did the a the crazy, crazy symbol song, yeah. with his with both fingers, both fingers, not just one with both. <laughs> you know that's full on that's crazy. Full on crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I I will say, you know, it's it's worth like a three ninety nine rental, if anything. Not even that, or if someone's if you have HBO on. Or oh, Daddy's that, Home. Yeah, and you watch in the background, or actually, Daddy's Home's worth the three ninety nine rental. I think the second one, meh. Also, there's a really weird, creepy joke, and it almost feels like Mel Gibson wrote it about the one kid sees a girl next door, and he like he looks like oh I like her, and it's a contention for the dads. Mel, Mel Will Ferrell's way is like, look, us men on my side of the family, this is how we work. We're in the friend zone up to thirty years, and look, I got your mom, you know. And then there's Marky Mark, which is mm-hmm. no, you go up to her and you take a shot, and if you lose, it's okay, you get right back up and you get back going again. And they're both not wrong. They're both not right either. Yeah. And you realize that the girl he's talking about 
is his stepsister, who's also hanging out with the girl next door. And you're like, oh, oh. it's really fucking creepy. And I was like, that's not funny. That's not funny. Not funny. Not funny at all. And then they uh-uh. try to make it okay with a big, like, uh, feed the world Christmas song. Because apparently oh. Mel Gibson wronged Marky Mark. This is the big emotional angle. Of course. Of course. Which, again, you know this is just a popcorn movie. But it's even worse. It's just like, my dad would never show up to him. I think so I asked him one year. And he promised me one year he would actually come. And then during my big solo, what is it? The feed, the, the big solo, during, or the, the Bono part. Thank God it's them instead of you. That part. Mm-hmm. Bill Gibson walked out because he macked on one of the other moms. And he missed his solo. And so oh, he froze and didn't okay. sing on stage. And so now the, John Cena shows up and they help them <laughs> each other to sing. It's ridiculous. John Cena. So this is the funny thing. At the end of the first movie, spoiler alert. Sorry. because I, I, I know. Fine. I know. I, yeah. Hopefully you'll forget These all will this. not be high on my list, list to watch. Right. John Cena, you realize that uh, after Marky Mark comes to terms with, you know what? Well, Pharaoh, he's a good guy. I need to be a good guy. And also I can be a better dad to my kids and let's work together. Then Mm -hmm. he gets in the same situation that he put Will Ferrell in, which is John Cena is his other kid's stepmother or stepfather, or he's the stepfather to John Cena's kid. Uh, And John Cena looks way more tough than Marky Mark does in comparison to, yeah. 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 So Will Ferrell or Marky Mark to Will Ferrell is John Cena to Marky Mark. And you're, and so he is another character that he comes back in the sequel and you realize that him and Marky Mark have the same love of that line. Oh, and they get together at Christmas time and they sing it together loud and proud. <laughs> and you're just like, Jesus Christ. Not Speaking <laughs> of John Cena, I just listened to the, well, now it's ID10T, but like the. I, yeah, I thought you don't listen to things out of order. No, I do. Are you, are you caught up? Yeah. Oh, I thought you weren't caught up. Oh, no, I'm completely caught up oh, on Nerdist. Uh, yeah. Yeah, ID10T. I just listened to the John Cena episode. It, it was really good. He, it's annoying how actually good, good he is and charming he is. He's like Terry Crews. I'm, like... I'm in the early Terry Crews phase of, of, of my relationship with him as a viewer, oh, which is, okay. you look like a jock and I don't trust that. And now I'm like, Terry, Terry Crews is awesome. I want to see Terry Crews in everything. Uh, yeah, I saw a preview for something the other night. I was like, wait, is Terry Crews in that? Oh my God, like, I love Terry Crews. Yeah, like, is it serious? Terry Crews. Is it a comedy? Ter- definitely Terry Crews. Terry Crews and everything, please. And the same thing, it's like, John Cena's the bull in Ferdinand. Ooh. Also, it's by Illumination, which doesn't mean a lot to me either. But uh, I, I, was, I was like, yeah. And I keep seeing clips of him. I was like, damn it, he is good. <laughs> he's good in that too, even though he's doesn't, it, he's, it's I do, but I want to see Blockers. I've been hearing really good stuff about it. <sighs> Yeah, that too. I want to see it too. Because hey, it's Leslie May. Uh, is Ike? Baron Holtz. Baron Holtz. I love him. He's so From weird. the Mindy Project. Yes, but he's been around for such a long well, time. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. More but, writing, I think, than anything. Mm-hmm. But but that blows my mind, though, that he's just now starting to be seen more as an actor. And it's funny. It's like, I felt like once the Mindy Project came out, because it's been on for, like, what, five years, six years? Something. Overall. It just ended. Um. Yeah, on Hulu. I thought after the first season, he would be in way more movies. You know? He was in Neighbors. Yeah, he was. That's right. Was I, he, he was funny in Neighbors. Was Neighbors too good? I haven't seen it yet. I wanted to. Okay. The sorority rising or whatever. See, yeah. that's me. At this point, I'm kind of waiting to watch it with my sister Faith. Fa- my sister Faith. Not her face. I'll watch it with her face also. But my sister <laughs> Faith. Uh Loves the movie Neighbors. Peel it off and just watch it with his like. You like the Joker in the Batman comic books where Joker peeled his face away. And because that's the thing, he thought Joker was dead. And then he shows up one day and the Joker's face is skinned off and peeled on the wall. He's like, 
who has the last laugh now. And then, yeah, and it became a whole story. Yeah, anyway, I'm not going to peel my sister's, sister's face, face off. off. You can put it back, I'm I, sure. I, I love her. Staple it together. And, and I also don't want to go to jail for assault. Well, I mean, if she's okay with it, <laughs> it might be okay. You don't know. No. Hey, Faith, are you listening? Do you want me to peel your <laughs> face off? I'm yes. guessing you I can don't. Have, I can do it with a nice bottle of Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> No, that that that's that's weird and messed up, and I'm sorry. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, I've heard Neighbors Two is not quite as good as Neighbors, but it's still fun. Okay, but Neighbors was surprisingly funny. Like I really enjoyed that movie. I view that as Daddy's Home. It's the same kind of thing. Not okay. as well, okay. Let's be honest. It's probably way worse than Neighbors Two, but it's the same <laughs> thing. Daddy's Home surprisingly good. Yeah. Now, granted, though, it's also way more our adult neighbor. So it's Ye- right. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. There's not kids, underage yeah. children, except the baby. There is a baby There's in the baby movie. There's a baby in the movie. There's a baby. The baby. By the way, I did watch uh, Do Not Watch It. It's horrible. Do not watch Seth Green's Hilarity for Charity. It's not good. I couldn't oh. finish it. Okay. It's I'll on Netflix. Um, the Muppets are in it, and that's the highlight. I love the Muppets. But that's not good either. Oh. Um, because it's off. Like the build up to it is really good. The opening sketch is kind of funny with Seth Rogen and uh, Nick Kroll. Um, pretty much, which is weird. They show uh, Seth Rogen smoking uh, vapor through his penis. Oh, okay. Yep. I'm making a face right now. Yeah, you are. Um, it's oh. not. It, it, it's more of a. Yeah, again, yeah. I want to like, um, throw up a little bit. Uh, it, it's not really his penis. It's actually a prop penis. And then the joke is because it's recorded. It's like, just so we're covered for all those in different parts of the country, we don't want to offend anybody. So here is a circumcised penis. And they draw like a big wooden penis and they take the vape and they puff it. And it's like, here is uh, an English penis. And it has like a little, like, you know, the little, uh, I can't think of the, where are the guys that guard the, they can't move. Oh, the Royal Guard. Yeah, um, Buckingham the, Palace. Buckingham, yeah. The right. See the name. You're getting what Shit. I have. I'm sorry. Okay. You're rubbing off on me, Nick. I'm sorry. Okay, let's um, go with this one. The French. They bring out a French penis. Has a little beret, beret. and the little yeah. scarf. Beef eater hat. Yes, they're not bobbies, but beef eaters. Beef eaters. <laughs> That's okay. It took me hours to remember the name of an actor the other night. I was in the Hocking Hills, and we watched The Princess Diaries, which I haven't seen in a really long time. But we had no uh, no reception for cell phones or anything there. Yes. So we were watching The Princess Diaries like on DVD, and my sister Addie was like, wait, wait, go back, pause it. That was Zach from Gilmore Girls. So the guy who plays Zach in Gilmore Girls, uh, have you ever seen? Which one's Zach? Lane's husband. Lane is uh, the daughter's best friend. It's yes. in the band. Yes. Yes. Her, her bandmate. He's also in um, True Blood. But okay. she's like, I'm pretty sure that's him. He does not have a speaking role, but he is Mandy Moore's dancing partner oh. in the beach scene. Good for you, And Zach. we paused it. We were like, it's Zach! And we were all freaking out. And then we were like, but what's his real name? Three, four hours later, I'm driving home. Jeremy and I are 20 minutes from home. We're on an exit. Mm-hmm. I'm driving and I just go, Todd Lowe! <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, Todd Lowe. That's the name of Zach from Gilmore Girls. Okay, we can keep driving now. Okay, so here's the thing. I, this is what I was popping in my head the whole time as you were saying that. Kevin Bacon game. Kevin Bacon game. But you can't use people like that. You have to use like someone who has a line, and a decent set of lines in the movie. That you know they've been in a few. 
Yeah. So for example, but here's the key. You know what the key to the whole game is? It's like three movies. It's actually Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. They're always the key. Keep that in mind. Okay. Have you ever played Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? I'm surprised. I have, but it's been a lot. It's been a oh, while. You, yeah. It's always those guys, though, because they've been in with everybody. Mm-hmm. They're like whores. They've been <laughs> with everybody. They fucked everyone in Hollywood just by being in a movie with them. By pro- They're whores by proxy. <laughs> but like, because I mean, th- okay, for example, Tom Hanks was in, was it, uh, not Punchline. He was in Punchline, but with Sally Fields. But what's the movie with Jackie Gleason he was in? See, this is my old mm. age is now starting to destroy my my. No, I'm not a big Jackie Gleason fan. I find him to but, be very crass. But he's so. old. And he's he, on, he's yeah. on, he's on older movies, is what I'm saying. And so you can get from you, that yeah, through Tom to Hanks. Get... And then what Tom Hanks has done a lot of movies with Meg Ryan. He's done like three or four of them. Three. Mm-hmm. Joe versus the volcano, Sleeps in Seattle, and You've, You've Got, got Mail. Mail. And actually, he's done four. I like how I said four, and I said, said three. It's a movie. Uh, it's the movie she directed. It came out like a year or two ago. Oh, I found okay. it by accident because I was like, what did happen with Meg Ryan? And it came up. She had really bad plastic surgery. Oh, I know. I Girl, was like, you looked you good. You need to have okay. plastic surgery. I think, I think she had plastic surgery in the, in the mid 90s, early to mid 90s. Because if you look at like, I just know if you look at like Meg Ryan from Sleep in Seattle and look at her in Addicted to Love, which is a very good but underrated movie. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. Uh, well, the I'm first one is. getting him finally to watch The Little Mermaid. For the Good. live show at the Columbus Podcast Festival. That's, if he doesn't like that movie, he will have no soul. It's I'm okay. I'm really sorry. We've already, because uh, Jessica Gibson, my mom, and, yeah. my, and my mom are going to be the two other guests. And we've already warned him that we will probably break into song at some point. So He should too. The songs are damn catchy. Well, because I learned that Stephen had never seen The Little Mermaid when, because my sister Addie is in that show this yes, weekend. Yes, she is. She's Ursula, and... She's Ursula? She is. Uh, now, do they, do they, she, she probably, does she have two songs or just one? Still, the uh, Poor Unfortunate. She has two. Look at how fabulous she looks. Dear Lord. And you know Addie. <laughs> yes. That almost doesn't look like her. I know. That's how... She looks so great, and I'm not allowed to release this picture to the public until after opening night. Spoiler, people. You all suck is what she's saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's amazing. She looks amazing. Uh, yeah. Is Our... that why they don't release any pictures? It's just kind of the, the promo card for the most part? Because they want to keep the costumes and stuff I under wraps? I think so. Especially, this is probably, from what I hear, the best production that they've, they've done, done in years. So... Yeah, they're trying to keep some of that stuff under wraps. Under the sea, under the sea, <laughs> under the sea. Under but the we, sea, we had mentioned to Stephen at something like, "Oh, she's going to be Ursula in The Little Mermaid," and he was like, "Okay," and he was like, "I, I don't know what that means," and I was like, "Oh, here's okay. She is an evil sea witch who's an octopus." <laughs> here's the thing, and Woos, if you're listening to this, here's a simple fact. If you've seen Little Shop of Horrors and you find it mostly enjoyable music-wise, you're going to really love Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. <laughs> Does he see Beauty and the Beast? He has seen the, the live-action action. oh, remake. No. He's not seen the original 1991 yet because that came up when we were doing oh, Oscar stuff. God, that's horrible. Well, that was – Sean Wheeler was like, it's really good. You should see the original. <laughs> like, it's a good movie. It's, it is good. Now, granted – the problems with that movie are fixed in the live action version, but that doesn't mean the live action version's better. <laughs> well, I, I always had the problem with the ending of the movie, which mm. is uh, 
like the tone is kind of a nice pace. It's not fast, but it's not slow either. And then the moment Bell gets attacked by the uh, gets attacked by the wolves, and then it's like we got 15 minutes. Let's wrap it up, and it's still really good. It's just like, oh, there's the they're falling in love song, and I would kind of like to see more of them falling because she apparently in the first half it's very clear she hates him, and so yeah. I felt like as an adult when you watch it now you're just like. Oh, it almost feels like the hatred's almost too high for her to... You don't get as much yeah. of... Yeah. And uh, granted, someone pointed out in a video on YouTube, I think Lindsay Ellis, the former nostalgia chick, she pointed out, like, in the new live-action version, um, he gives her the library. He doesn't really... He just... He shows it to her almost by accident. Not like... Mm. But I felt like... Oh, I feel like that's way more natural, though, than her just gifting it to him. And it feels like a very, like, a human thing. Unlike the, the anime movie where it's like, I'm giving you the library for the books and walks away. Even though he doesn't do it, but it can come off that way. Yeah, yeah. Especially if, like, he's mean and gruff to me all the time. The movie, he feels more human about it. He's like, oh, it's funny you're talking about Shakespeare. Let me show you something. And then, yeah, and you're just like, aw. And then yeah, when she rides the, away, the song he does is like, Aw. Oh, Evermore was my favorite. Was good. Right. I loved it. Right. Now, now, there's the rest of the movie that's the problem. But, well, I had a problem that they but, made the, the side characters way more you care way about them more than you care about Beauty and the Beast. Oh. <laughs> and that really irked me. Well, yeah, because, and then I was just like, wait a second, they're going to die? Not just Beast, but they're all, all going gonna, to die? Yeah. And I was just like, well, I don't like Emma Thompson singing in this one because, no offense, she's not bad. It's just, you're not Angela Lansbury. Yeah, yeah. No one would have ever. Nobody can nobody. ever be Angela Lansbury. At that point, I'm sorry. They should have just got Angela Lansbury back. <laughs> I feel, and granted, if they wanted her to sing and dance or whatever, like in like CGI, now I'm like, yeah. then you get Emma Thompson. <laughs> and, yes. then, and then you know what? If you tell her, we're going to still have Angela Lansbury dub over your acting, I don't think she would be mad because then she would go, <laughs> I got paid, yes? Okay, well, let's complain about Kenneth Branagh a little bit, okay? <laughs> and she would move on, and that would be okay with it. I, I really do feel she would be getting, because that would be a pay or play situation. Yeah, it would yeah. be okay. So, let's see. <laughs> Other things I liked about Ready Player One. The score from Alan Silvestri. Fantastic. It had, there were parts where it felt like, and yes, there is some nostalgia, but it was a good score. It changed depending on the situation. You still got tones and like callbacks to Back to the Future, but at one point, Sorry, it even feels know. like ET in when they're like racing through the flats and the cars like slamming oh, into yeah. them. It feels like that ET. It's it's an it's a Spielberg eighties blockbuster. Set in twenty forty five. It's it's a movie that doesn't have John Williams in it, but it has the has the essence of Williams in it in terms of how he scores, mm -hmm. which is lost on today. And I think Sylvester Sylvester he said that in an interview. He's just like they don't make movies like this anymore. No, where there's movements for each character. Like Williams is the only one that still does it. Yeah, and that's why he does, he only does like maybe one movie every other year, and it's probably at this point just well, Star Wars or Harry Potter. Yeah, and he he did the post instead of doing. This score. I'm okay with that, though, because... And, okay, I mean, I'm bummed by it, but I'm also yeah. okay. But Sylvester did a fantastic score for this Oh, movie. my God. Okay, so speaking of the score, as a nerd who grew up on... If you can hear this. Wait a minute. Wait for it. Something bad's happening here. Uh-huh. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. That's Godzilla's theme. Oh! So see, when Godzilla turns into that, and yeah. I was just like, oh, they brought the theme in! And I wouldn't have known that. 
and, and so, and I know there's other cues for like, they do like not a lot of cues, but he, he did cues to his own work in Back well, yeah, to the Future, The, the Shining. And I was just yeah. like, ah! Like when they found the, 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 the cube, and I was just like, Zemeckis cube. What, wait, what the fuck does Zemeckis cube do? That's a weapon. And then they did the holy hand grenade. I was like, did they? I see like, the thing is, I don't remember that ever going off in the original Monty Python. The whole girl was like, does that really do anything? It, <laughs> like, does. it does. Which it does. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. But um, that's, I, how they that's the first the thing I did when I got out of the thing. movie is I was like, where's that fucking clip from that song? And by the way, <laughs> for fans out there, it's uh, about two minutes into looking for a truck, uh, track 13 which is pretty far away from the end of the movie because uh, there are 20, 20 tracks. The other last two are the themes and end credits. So I don't really oh, consider okay. that to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty far away from the end. And that happens towards the end of the movie. So Yeah, but there's uh, a lot of music. Oh, it's yeah. so good. But that, it's fantastic. that made me, and also my wife got mad at me because I was talking too much during the movie. So when we watched the trailer, mm-hmm. uh, point of fact, she's never seen Back to the Future. And it's part of this is because we she got five, 10 minutes into it and she's like, I don't understand time travel. And we had to pause the movie and for two hours we talked about the basis of time travel and she just can't grasp it. She doesn't understand how Ernie Einstein could go forward or backwards in time. Okay. And so it, it's just, she couldn't handle it. And so... I don't, and I was like, oh, you're going to have a real problem watching just the first one. And I forget the second one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so she just couldn't watch it. And so when we saw the trailer for Ready Player One, everyone lost their shit when the DeLoreans show up. And she's like, I don't understand. It's just, it's just a car from a movie. I was like, it's the DeLorean. And so then she would go, well, who's that? What's that? Why are people cheering in the trailer? And then, so when we were watching the movie, I was like, that's DeLorean, Back to the Future, T-Rex, Jurassic Park, King Kong. <gasps> and I just started doing that and then it yeah. just never stopped and it just kept getting worse like oh my god Sonic the Hedgehog the movie The Shining directed by uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick also starring Jack Nicholson are they gonna have Jack Nicholson and then they didn't really but yeah but yeah yeah so and she's just like you would not shut up and I was like <laughs> I thought I was doing it for you, you, you but then I wa- but then I realized I really wasn't yeah when Mecha Godzilla showed up I literally squealed and people looked at me and she's like you need to shut up now <laughs> and I was just like put <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. This is why if someone wants to really troll me on this one, they can say, that's the Godzilla theme and not Mecha Godzilla theme. I was like, who fucking cares? It's Godzilla. Yeah. And I also feel like this movie is payback for like the Godzilla scene in Lost World Jurassic Park. I feel like he finally got to do justice to what he was trying to do. Because mm. that whole scene in Lost World Jurassic Park with Which the T-Rex one? in San Diego. Oh, that's yes. what he was trying to do. He, he he loved Godzilla movies growing up, and he's yeah. like, I want to do a kind of an homage to that. Yeah. Um, and then also AI. Granted, he did that as a favor in homage to his friend, and he just pretty much took all his storyboards and made Kubrick's film. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people blame Spielberg for the ending of the film. It's not his it's, ending. Yeah. That's Kubrick. But I feel like it's almost his way of showing, if you want to say I'm going to do something by Kubrick, here's how you do Kubrick. And I was just like, like, that movie scared the shit out of me. And I, I don't find The Shining that scary anymore. That Ready Player One scared the shit out of me during that. Because uh, so I was I've, like, oh, don't I've never me. seen The Shining because I know it you would tear like I don't like horror movies. How did you do during that scene then? Because I, it's kind well, of freaky. The first time I saw it, it was Jeremy and I went to a an advanced screening. And as soon as they were like, we're going into The Shining, Jeremy already had his hand out waiting for me to grab it and like hold tighter because he knew. And I was just like, oh, yeah, it was nerve wracking. And when I saw it for a third time last night, I saw it with my friend Jessica and she even like reached out for me (laughs) at that point because she knows how much I don't like. I can kind of see her just going, okay. 
and just hold her hand out. <laughs> she, is this Gibson? Yeah, yeah. yeah I can kind of yeah. see her just kind of, oh, God, well, here we it, go. It was, it was reaching out for me, but also, like, holy shit, this is happening kind of thing. Yeah. So. She can, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, like, third time through, I, I can handle it because I know what, what's coming. So, oh, so I but guess, I think that the the special effects mixed in with the so the real so in, in the Shining sequence is fantastic. So good. And I guess to me, like, when we first saw it, we heard this woman behind us that was like, oh, my God, they skipped out this part where he's in school. And there's all of these things that they, there are yeah, Dungeons man. and Dragons references, and the clues are different, and this and this. And I don't understand why they didn't have this thing. And she walked away, and Jeremy turned to me, and he goes, it's called licensing issues, and it's an adaptation. I No, I, I agree with that. Okay. If you want to talk about Spielberg and adaptation issues, fucking watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit and then read Who Censored Roger Rabbit. Oh, I didn't know that was based on... Oh, Roger Rabbit's the bad guy. And he gets killed twice. How does that happen? Oh. Boom. Oh, yeah. Jessica Rabbit is a slut and only married Roger for his money. Oh, the only person who is consistent is Eddie Valiant. And the scene is almost word for word except for how it's framed within the context of the story is different, which is the scene with baby Herman coming to Eddie's, Eddie's door and going, I want you to help my friend, Roger. He's such a good guy, blah, blah, blah. A baby Herman is the only true friend to Roger Rabbit in the original. Yeah, Roger Rabbit. Okay, in context, real quickly, I'll try to, and who censored Roger Rabbit? It's not cartoon characters, it's comic strip characters. So the oh, comic strip characters, okay. they're, they're 3D, but they're paper. Mm-hmm. So they're just as uh, fragile. fragile as we are. They're, they're, they have, they can like take a hit to an extent like we can, but like if, like if, if Charlie Brown misses the football so many times, he's going to start getting back pain. Okay. Just like we would. Um, so they can do, create something called a doppel, which is if they go to the store and buy the same pants, the same shirt, and they put all their like energy into creating a doppel, the doppel will last for maybe like a few hours or so. So when Roger, and also when they talk, they have word balloons above their head. So Roger gets killed and his evidence, it's slowing disintegrating, is his word balloon. Saying, why would, yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's trippy. It's, it's actually a, oh. cooler in different ways. But like when Roger shows up like a day after he's been murdered, what the hell? Which means it's his doppel. But yeah. how did his doppel survive that long first off? Or was that the doppel? But that's the thing is if the doppel dies, it just disintegrates right there. Hmm. Which then it's like, well, then how is Roger the bad guy? And also, is it that Roger or is it that Roger? Or is, are they both the same? You don't know. It's just, yeah. it's a mind fuck. And there's no Judge Doom. There's no Judge Doom. Okay. There's the DeGreasy brothers who, it's like Marvin Acme, Judge Doom, and R.K. Maroon split up from one person. Well, one thing it's I crazy. would also say so, with- licensing. Uh, well, licensing is always an Adaptation, issue. Like, I should say. But, ad- but having an adaptation- Ernest Klein helped write the script for that's this movie. Me, that's the thing that bugs me, and too. And that's the thing to me that I'm like, I don't understand if he was totally okay with this and signed off right. on this and helped write it. Well, I feel the like issue? then the this is his intention on film. Agreed. It was the same way with, like, Gone Girl. I felt because the, the author... Um, oh, and I still, that's still a fantastic movie. I Yeah. It's a, it's a great movie. And no, there are... Like, it's not absolutely perfectly to the book but you can't do that unless you do like you really can't a multi-part mini series on television that would be okay too but that's not what we're that's not what we're watching we're watching a movie in a theater different i agree yeah that's a different and this is not like lord of the rings and even then lord of the rings took liberty 
Yeah. Here's the thing. If you want... You but know, I think on its own, Ready Player One is a good, fun, holds up blockbuster perfect. movie. Oh, I 100% agree. And I've seen it three times now. And I... I want to see it through. Perfectly times. trying to see, like, okay, are there any weird like plot holes? And I haven't really found anything yet. I'm I still either. entertained. Well, I either from the one time I saw it, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been also watching a lot of videos of where they're trying to deconstruct, and I was like, that's not a plot hole. They explain it there. Yeah, yeah, like it, it, it never makes sense. Like, and most of it's dealing with the uncle and the aunt or something stupid like that. And I was like, then it's all then they're talking about more how the book is better than the movie. And I was like, well, that's the book. Yeah. You're, you're stuck over here. Get the fuck over here. Mm-hmm. Fuck your video. That's what I'm saying. Not your video, Amanda. You I know what you video. mean. Thank yes. you. Thank you. But by the way, also the nerd in me loved the Spielberg one at the beginning where it's like just, granted, they used trickery with it for CGI cuts, but like the Spielberg one where it's just one giant tracking long shot through, oh, the, through with the Wade oasis. into the oasis and then all around. I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. God. Oh my God. Spielberg one. All right. Um, so... Ready Player One's also good. Yep. I would say watch both movies in the theater. Yeah, watch both. Yes, definitely watch both movies in the theater. All right. Well, Amanda, thank you for... (laughs) No, thank you for having me. Yeah, this was awesome. And uh, also check out Amanda's Picture Show. Amanda's Picture. Check out her picture show at Go-Go. And AmandaGoGo.com. Is the Twitter also Amanda Go-Go? The Twitter is at Amanda's Pick Show. At Amanda Pick Show. I yeah, the website is amandagogo.com because I have more than one podcast And you there. can also see a pop culture go-go. Culture no, pop. God, fuck it. God, I was, I, I was I, in my brain. I was like, you got this. And I didn't get it. <laughs> it's, it's, Take a drink. You just uh, Yeah, yeah. All right, so check out her stuff. And then we'll see you next episode with I don't know what right now. Because that's how I roll right now. So thanks, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, good. Thank you. Jeez! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place!